I'm coming out, girl. I'm coming out, girl. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Episode number 43 of the Perfectly Incomplete Podcast. I'm your host, Imogene, and I'm not in the building today, y'all. I'm in the cut. I'm in the cut because I've been cutting up. What's up, guys? Good to see y'all. Hey. 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 I'm Imogene. I'm your host, and I have... Somebody I love with me today, a very dear friend, someone I've known for a long time that's going to chop it up with me. I'm going to introduce and present by virtue of her name, but she's going to give you a little overview of who she is, and then we're going to get into it. So without further, I'm not going to say that because I hate when they say it, without further ado. You hear that in church all the time. I'm just so sick of that. So ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, hermanos y hermanos. Yo presento a ti, Cynthia. What's up, girl? Not much. How are you? Listen, you are I'm gonna need so... you. To, I'm gonna need you to talk louder than that. No, I'm talking just like this. How you doing? I'm great. So tell us, give us a little backdrop about you, like who you are, so we can chop into this conversation. Well, as she has already said, I am Cynthia. Why are you telling me? You should be telling them. I am Cynthia. I am Cynthia. I am a woman, first and foremost, a black woman, and a mother, a sister, a grandmother, a caretaker. And I'm excited to be here with Crazy today. Wow. And we are going to hopefully have a good first show. So, let's go. Thank you. All right. Very well done. You Listen, you've been doing this for a minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so let's get it. Let's get it. Okay, let me let me just address the obvious. As a speaker, you always address the obvious. You don't see who you, I'm not going to say normally see, because y'all don't see a lot of people sitting beside me, right? But it be what it be. So, just know that I am restructuring. This podcast has been on a journey, and Lord, has it been a journey. But you know what? It's still going to be a journey. I'm going to do this until I don't. And so whatever comes with it, I'm rocking out. With that being said, I'm still perfecting my incompleteness, and I'm riding it to the end. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Hallelujah. Amen. So, sissy. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I call you sissy? You can. Now you're going to have the whole world calling me sissy. Might as well call me Big Juicy. If Big Juicy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Big Juicy. All right, Big Juicy. <laughs> Listen, no, I can't do that. I'm not going to call you Big Juicy. That don't even sound right. Big Juicy, Big Juicy. No, but so last time we left off, we I started talking about identity. I really believe it's very important for people to know who they are. Because when you know you're who, you know what you're supposed to do. So the last time, a quick re recap, we came to an agreement and conclusion, something that's already been supported, that a lot of people identify themselves by their roles. And we know you're not what you do, you're not what you have. So if I present to you or you present to me, what's your understanding of the idea of um, identity? Oh, identity is how you characterize yourself, your characteristics. Um, I think it's a collection of things that have been deposited and taken out of your life. Um, 
a lot of, you know, identity can be different for everybody, though, because some people do identify themselves by what they do. You understand? Like, so let me ask you this. And and we and because people do it, you're right. Some people do. So just say, dog, I forgot. My mind is getting bad. Somebody identifies themselves by what they do. So if they do construction work and they're not doing construction work anymore, are they non-existent now? It depends. No, no, no. Are they non-existent? Are they a, a human being? Being now, if if they if they describe themselves by what they do. Let's let's logically follow this. They describe themselves by what they do. So I do construction. We already said they describe themselves by roles, but if they are what they do, so if they someone does construction, they don't do it anymore. Are they or are they not? As a human being, do they just dissipate, vanish? Um. Again, maybe. Maybe wow. because maybe they're you so absorbed in what they're doing until outside of that, they don't really have they don't really have an identity. Of course, they're still human, but they don't feel like they how can I say it? not that they're not worthy, but in a sense, they don't have anything else to tell you about themselves. So they're just a construction worker. Okay. And I like it because that's self-explanatory. I don't even have to highlight the point. You did it for me and you did it so eloquently because a lot of people don't know who they are. That's what it boils down to because I'm a, I am say I'm a spirit, okay? A lot of people say you are your values, your beliefs, your thoughts. I'm not my thoughts because I have some crazy thoughts sometimes. And I, you are what you eat. Yeah. But I'm saying in the sense of identity. Right. I, I say I'm just a spirit having a human experience. And yet, if you ask me who I am, I am who I am. Because I always say, I'm not so simple that I can simplify myself right. in a sentence. And I pose that question because we say when you look at how the world is and what's going on, people don't know who they are. You can tell by the way they're moving. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and I think it's it's something that requires a lot, a deep understanding. Because when you know what it is and how it's shaped and how it's influenced. And, you know, when you get into that, you can actually just self-fulfill, self-actualize, self-actualize, reach your goals and stuff like this. You see all this rat racing and mental illness and substance abuse and all the woes of society. I'm not going to say identity is responsible for all of it, but indirectly, moderately, it is. It is. Identity mediates a lot of what's happening. Because if you know who you are, and I see you, I, you're Cynthia, you're a spirit. I believe in creationism. So you're created in the image of God. And for me, that tells me something perfect can make nothing imperfect. Right. So I say you have value. And if you know that and you believe that, why are you around here living life like you crazy? That's a good question. But a lot of people haven't, taking the time to really figure out who they are. Some people don't have that opportunity to sit down long enough to figure out who they are. Some people are just jumping into their every day because they have to maintain certain things. 
their bills, their households. Some people are just jumping into life because they got to maintain their mental stability. So some, you know, and not that they don't know who they are, but maybe they haven't taken the time to really think about being like who they are so that they can articulate it. Some people are, have you ever heard this, the saying actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. So sometimes maybe they can show you who they are, but they can't necessarily articulate it. That's when you get into the, Oh, I'm a cop or I'm a doctor or I'm a mother. No, who are you? And I get it. And I agree with you. And just to piggyback off of why I said why people run around here crazy, listen, that was me. And I still run around crazy sometimes. The only difference, you know, I got to clarify, because I'm not speaking from a point of condemnation for nobody. Right. I'm saying, I get it because I went on the journey. And I was this and I was, I didn't know who I was. Actually, my understanding of identity was taken from me before I got to know who I was. But through my journey, you know, I could tell you I was a crack addict. And, you know, I was a jailbird. You know, you could give me all of these names, which that wasn't really who I was. Those were roles that I played as a result of circumstances of my life. Right. And when, when you say some people, they're just doing this, they're doing this, they can't articulate it. It's not even about being able to articulate it because no one has to tell anyone who they are. The golden rule and the golden globe and the golden everything is for them to know who they are inside. And when you say some people... We can't. And that's why I want to have this conversation because people, every individual has the power to choose to know who they are, to position themselves, to just live the kind of life they want to live. And I say that, Cynthia, because with everything going on, this new normal since the pandemic, and I said it before, what we thought was, wasn't, and what we think is now ain't. Right. So nothing is dependable other than your higher power. And next to whatever that source is, you got to rely on yourself in a sense. And if you're not in touch with yourself, you're not living your best life. And that's where that's where the eight ball goes in the pocket. That's where we need to be, living from our true sense of self. But when you're not living from your true sense of self, you're running away from it. Mm-hmm. You're running away from it. And that might make it easier for you to be able to function in life. What if you told somebody to sit down, you gave them an assignment, you told them to sit down and really think about who they are. What if they don't like what they say? And what if they don't have the desire or the willpower to change that? So they're not going to spend that time there. They're going to run away from it. And I understand that. And I did it. And that's why I want to talk about it. I'm talking about it because I've been there. And I'm not going to give my whole story because I want them to buy my book. <laughs> Shameless plug, I'll do it at the end. I finally got it done, right? But I'm just saying that was me. Like, I can just say I achieved a lot of things and I went a lot of places. And I was really messed up, you know, doing drugs and failed relationships and homeless and, and all, my mother gave me good values. You know what I'm saying? And I know I was assuming these different roles and yeah, I had kids and I had to work. So I was on autopilot, but I, my life was like, it was hard. It made it harder. And I was just, you know, just moving, going with the flow until, um, I guess for me, and I'm grateful, I just came crashing down. Right. I just but came- it took something for that to happen for you. And that's why we having this conversation. So whoever listening to me, it may have taken that 
to happen for me, but because we're talking about it, I'm suggesting it don't have to happen that way for you. But what... And let me it, was, say, it was hard work, though, right? It took a lot of... It took a lot of work. It did. But the point I'm trying to give my listeners, it did. They're not me. They're unique individuals. And everybody has their journey. And yet, what took me 40 years to get, if I can just connect with somebody right now to just provoke them to ask themselves, how I'm living, do why? what do I believe and why do I believe it? Because I believe it because I believe it? Do I believe it because I believe it? Or do I believe it because it's somebody else belief who told me to believe? That's what I want my listeners to get. Take the time to think about it. Really dig deep and say, am I living from my true core? Do I conduct myself in a way that I want to? Or maybe am I trying to please Cynthia? Is this why I act like that? You feel me? Right. Well, that's the thing. And that's, that leads me to ask you this. Do you think your identity identity changed over the course of the years? Because we already know that the bulk of your identity as you're growing up from infancy up is basically what somebody else has taught you, showed you. But once you get to a certain age, you kind of start developing your own identity. But do you stay at that initial identity or has your identity changed as you've gone through your life experience? I'm glad you asked me because I have the answer. <laughs> there's actually, theoretically, y'all, I got to give it to you. There's actually four phases of identity development. So does your identity change? No. And I'll say it like this. God created you to be who you are. People say nurture versus nature. Your DNA is your template. Of course, your environment and the two interact. My belief, God created everybody with a purpose. So he already knew who he created you to be and for what purpose. You just don't know it. So through these phases, we get to decide who we want to be. But God has already determined who we are. And yet you have to grow into that. An infant comes into the world. An infant in its purest form is the essence of its being. It ain't got no shame. When it's hungry, it cries. When it poops, it cries. Whatever babies do, they don't have the intellectual capacity. They're not a whole being yet. They have to come to themselves. And once they start having experiences where they have a proactive awareness then these people that are shaping them, like you say, people shape your environment, your caretakers. So it's almost like you come here who you are, but you're not who you're going to become until you have some ex ex some experiences, right. right? And I get it. So to answer your question, I think <laughs> there are four phases and there's different phases. Like some people that identify themselves, I'm a wife. Now you may have somebody who's 16 years old and she's committed to being a wife. She hasn't even explored other things. So she, she's explored little or low exploration and high commitment. That's a phase. That's one phase of identity development. Then you have somebody else who, listen, they just all over the place. They just blown with the wind. They're just carefree, no goals. They living in the moment, doing the, they, they doing what they want to do. They're not committing to nothing. They ain't married. They, they haven't committed to any goals. They haven't even sought out 
the inquiry process. You know, they're just going with the flow. And that's another phase. So there's different phases. And I think we constantly evolve. The common denominator is us with the awareness, with the highest form being when you achieve your identity. And you can still be who you want to be. But the question is, are you being like your true self? Like I'm sitting here and some people say this and say that, whatever. I'll be all that to everybody. But like I'm doing me. I'm not trying to be Cynthia. I'm not, I don't care what y'all think about me. Cause I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm not living my life. Oh, I better not say this, or I shouldn't do this, or what they're gonna think. Not saying I ain't never been there, because I have. Right. You know? Well, what you, what you just explained, the end part is not just identity, is like being true to self. That's true happiness. That's true confidence. When you can walk into a room and everybody else is acting like each other, but you can walk in there and act like you, not only do you know who you are, but you are truly happy and confident in who you are. Absolutely. And then with that being said, preach, you can no longer be around those people and feel comfortable. Come on with it, girl. Come on, take me to church, girl. I love it. <laughs> no, and I agree with you. That is so powerful. And even if it is a journey, if it's a process, when you get to that point, because that's real self-love. And granted, we all, I know I do, I get self-conscious at times. So am I going to say I wake up every day just, oh, I'm just Superman, you know? No. But for the most part, the self-love is there. The self-confidence is there. And when when I find it wanting, I'm aware of it. And I'm like, oh, Imogen, you better check yourself. But it's a good feeling, not only when you know that you're all that, and so much more. When you know that, when you know that, yeah, when you when you know that, everybody else know it knows it too because this energy just emanates from you. You know what I'm saying? And right. then you get the haters, and then some people crawl back in their shell because that's a real thing too. Yeah. Other people don't want you to shine to be yourself, and they want to be you. Y'all know y'all got people that want to be y'all right now. Y'all got y'all got people that really want to be y'all. So we got people. Somebody around. always trying to figure you out. Yeah. But I think sometimes too, when you get around people that you can't identify with, you can't be comfortable with, and you say those people go hide in their shell. You go hide in your shell because it's almost like you have to preserve yourself. You know, you get around those people, the haters, the the naysayers, the one, you know, the jealous, the jealous ones, the ones with low self-esteem. And after a while, that'll wear you down. Sure. So to preserve yourself, you go into the shell, you know? Yeah. And then a lot of times when you go into your shell, you have people mistaken that as you're depressed or you don't like yourself or on the flip side of that, you're conceited or you think you're better than someone. No, it's just, I can't get down with you, Negroes. So I'll stay in my comfort zone. And that's cool. And that's powerful because that's what it becomes. You don't have to defend yourself because if you choose to go in yourself and the next man is saying, I'm depressed or I'm this, listen, why are you trying to figure out what's going on with me? I mean, just let me ask that again. Why are you trying to figure out what's going on with me? Right. Like, cause listen, I'm busy. 
with the COVID and my psyche is all over the place. It's a job for me every day to try to make it. Some days I'm like, oh, and listen, Bishop Jake's be feeding me, okay? I just be trying to get through and I still try to be supportive of other people, but I find even conversations I'm having on the phone with people, supposedly we're supporting each other. They're talking a good game. I just learned recently, like I had to, like I said, I'm not in the building, I'm in the cut, you know, and I had to cut back from some people because they're talking a good game. But as we talk, I can just start hearing them and they may be unsure about themselves instead of just owning it, because I'm gonna own it. If I'm having a bad day, if I'm feeling insecure, like I may say, how did I do on the podcast, Cynthia? You know, I might do that because I'm keeping it 100. But instead of these people doing that, they play the role and I can hear it. And I'm like, listen, I'm not going to keep talking to you on the phone. And I know you're just pulling my chain. Right. You know, and then they get offensive with me and then they back up. And I'm like, I'm not trying to judge you, but you sitting up here playing this role like you're solid in yourself. I'd rather for you to just you know, talk to me and keep it real. So I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to you. Then, you know, or they want to get ghetto and talk over you. And I'm like, wait, I'm like, wait a minute. We're not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing that. So whatever they're thinking about me, it's like they say, when you're judging somebody else, when you're pointing the finger at someone, you got these pointing at you. Right. So when people making conclusions or inferences about you, they're using themselves as the basis of evaluation. And if you really want to use yourself as the standard to evaluate anything, at least take a real good look at yourself. At yourself. At yourself. Yeah. But when, like, when you, going back to your very first point, when you know yourself, you know what you are to do. So knowing yourself and dealing with people who are like that, what do you do? You separate. You separate. You and don't guess, have to. You separate. If if you're strong enough to do it. Right. But if you know yourself, if you truly know yourself, you're going to naturally do that anyway. Because you have no tolerance for it. But it, it's still process to get there. Yeah. It's, but I think once you get there, oh yeah, you're there. it just comes. Like, because for me, if I don't want to be bothered with you, I'm not going to be bothered with you. There's nothing you can say or do to convince me to be dealing with you when we don't we don't click like that. And, and rightly so. And it took me a long time to get yeah. there. Yeah, it's, it's process. Because I was a people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've not, I wasn't the people pleaser. I think I've done things what I, what people expected me to do. And there was a time in my life where somebody would say, uh, like when I worked corrections, I came out of the military and I was all jacked up. I had PTSD really bad, you know, and it was just a mess. And I had somebody say, oh, you should be corrections. I was like, okay. So I applied for corrections, really. And didn't even like No, it. didn't even think about it. And I'm like, listen, it didn't take me long when I when I got there. This is not what I want to do. Right. But I did that. I was doing things because people said, oh, you should do this. Right. And then that didn't work out. And then like, oh, you should do this. And here I am spending all of this time. And, and I've had a lot of experiences like with jobs and just different things, broken relationships and whatever, because I'm just moving through life in the moment. No sense of awareness of what is it that I believe or what is it that I value. Right. But at the same token, 
the people who were suggesting those things to you, somehow, some way, you thought they saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself. I had low self-esteem. Right. I, listen, right. I, that's why when people say, what makes you the expert? Listen, I. what makes me the expert? Because I had low self-esteem like all the way into my 40s, yo. Yeah. From the time, you know, and I got a story like everybody does. I come from a lot of dysfunction from the age of five, from every kind of abuse, rejection, bullying. Oh, you're black. They used to have this song. Um, they used to sing it when they see me. They would say, um, she was black as a night. And then they would have their background singers in the back. This is how they would be doing when they see me, right? That's that wrong. No, this is what I do. They used to call me skillet. Not even just wow. kids in school, my friends, my family. Yo, my struggle was real. Yeah. Music saved me. That yeah. was my gift. And I could sing. Yeah. So I was black and they called me names. And I had, ver you know, and multiply this. I don't know no better. When you're calling me names, I'm five, I'm six, I'm seven. I'm hearing this all the time. Yeah. And then I'm having other things going on in my life. They call it, um, you know, when you're traumatized and then you're re-traumatized and more trauma. My life, I, I like, I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. You know, and I don't want to take it to church, but I'm just keeping it real. Right. I know my journey. My self-esteem was low. You couldn't tell. When they used to pick up my clothes in school, you know, my mama didn't have a lot of money. Right. And we was getting them food stamps and no, going to salad. Right. You know, I'm just saying. Right. And, and when I got to the point where I could present well, but still on the inside, I was broken. I had low value. I could tell by the Negroes I was with. Yeah. No shade on them now. When I look, no, a lot of shade on them. No, <laughs> I'm me. No, it's a me. I'm not criticizing. Right, I'm not right. criticizing them. But when I look at me, I say, yo, I was really, really broken and had very low self esteem. Yeah. So no, I, I can remember being called blackie and all types of names, just you know, describing the the my skin tone. Nothing about and, and, and hey, listen. What you say? Your name is Juicy. Big Juicy. Big black, sweet Juicy. Big <laughs> black. Well, let me tell you, I would go home and I would be in distress. Oh, ma, they call me Blackie. What your mom They keep say? picking on me. My mother said, "The blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. If you ain't black, you ain't no use." Oh, so even it. when. <laughs> you know, and you know your mom can pump you up, right? Yeah. So you like, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. right, mom, you right, you Love know? It. But it took rehearsing that in my head yeah. over and over and over again so that when the next attack came and the next attack came, I would be able to say, yeah, the black of the berry, the sweet yeah. of the juice, yeah. you know, and keep it moving. And then it was funny because the people who were picking on me as I got older and black became beautiful, right. they, I would say my DMs, but we didn't have that back then, but right. they was really trying yeah. to get me in the alleyway and right. stuff like that. Oh no, I was blackie last year. Right. What changed? You know, but I can honestly level say- of awareness, that's what changed. Right. But I can honestly say for the people who were picking on me back then, I had double that trying to encourage me and keep me uplifted and letting me know I was beautiful and yeah. I was funny and I was this and I was that. So that balanced it out, you know, and then came other life experiences right. that made me have to go digging deep back inside right. Right. and figuring out that. 
I have the strength to overcome this. What you're saying and what you're doing don't necessarily have to continue to mold who I am. Right. I know who I am. So you could say whatever you want Absolutely. to about me. I know who I am. Absolutely. And I used to spend a lot of time disputing, oh, I heard this or I heard that. Now you say that to me and you lucky to get cussed out. I don't know what you heard. Right, right. And I don't even go there. And I think, like, that's really important. You came to yourself sooner than I did. It doesn't matter as long as you get there. We're all in different places. But even I think of that with kids. Yes, we're shaped by our parents, our teachers, who we are around. And I said this last week. You Parents, 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 parents. It's so important, you know, that you watch your kids and get to know them and see what they like and see what interests them. Because a lot of, yeah, we're shaping them. We're supposed to be guiding them morally with values to keep them safe. And so they learn how to operate by the norms of society so they don't end up in jail. But I think it's very important that parents just observe how they're shaping their kids. Shape them in that sense, but don't try to force them and to be something that they're not. Because everybody has their own DNA, their own print. God created everybody for a reason. And like I saw, I think someone was telling me about on Instagram, it was a young man. You were telling me this. It was a young man was playing video games on a, on on TikTok or something. And the mother came in the back and just started twerking on the video with her son. And little boy. And I said, now that's got to be really bad on so many levels. And that's the thing. That's the space we in now. TikTok and Twitch and all of this other kind of stuff, social media platforms. But when I think of it with the kids, we're shaping these kids. So you got a 20-year-old mother that's got a four-year-old that's encouraging her kid to be on TikTok. He's gyrating and he's holding his crotch, keeping, keeping it, you know, he's kicking it. And then she comes in the back and she's doing her thing. I don't know what you're trying to turn him into, right. but that's not cool. And then I take it a little bit further when I say it's good for parents to watch their kids, even what you're calling them. Yeah, we know you don't call them nicknames and stuff like that and and negative names. But why would you name your kid? Like my mama named me Imogene, but they call me Gina. They call me Imogene. And I'll just use that. What's the use of giving me a name if you're going to call me something else? No, you got to tell them what the girl at, what was that, Panera? What she called what you, you yesterday? What you trying to say? She, she butchered your name. She said what? She said, what is that? She sounded out every yes. Oh, my God. That was so funny. I was like, what does she call you? But it's cool. And right. it was and it was a thing. I right. love my name. Imogene, I didn't love my name. Right. Growing up, I didn't love my name. My mother gave me that. They used to say, oh, it's an old lady's name. And, you know, with the black and the ugly and the skinny and they had no titties, flat chest and all that stuff. Right? Yeah, but they, they named me that. And But I grew up as Gina. My mother, God bless her soul, when she used to write me in the military, she never write I-M-O-G-E-N-E. She'd write E-M-M-A space J-E-A-N or sometimes I-R-M-A space. And that do a number on that did a number on me, too, because I'm like, my mother gave me my name. And she doesn't even know how to spell it, you know, or she, you know. So I just say parents, just, I say that's a good point for parents to, like, 
you do shape your kids. And we all know this. We'll say, yeah, yeah, I know. Don't criticize your kids because they'll grow up to be like this and don't do this. But you got to check yourself in other ways. And if you're not really in tune with yourself, like you're really not aware of how you're relating to your child and how you're shaping your child. I know. Yeah. I got three sons. I love my sons. They are all right. But, you know, they're, they're beautiful young men and I love them. But I can just see things in them that I attribute to me, my right. lack of knowledge. But I've done some things when they were smaller and I get to see it play out. Thank God we can talk about it. We're not the perfect family. You know what I'm saying? We go through some stuff. Every family you know. Does. But it's good that you're able to even admit that. Because a child, you think you raise them a certain way, and when they start going the opposite way, you don't take into account what you could have done right. to make that happen. And then you just start putting it all on the child. Right. Like, I can remember, and this is funny because... um my middle boy, Brejan, he was always chunky. He loved to eat. And I found myself calling him fat boy or fat this or fat that. And I remember him going to visit his father. When his father brought him back and dropped him off, he said, can I talk to you for a minute? One of the, one of the very few civil conversations we had. And I said, sure, what's the matter? He said, do me a favor, son. Stop calling Brejan fat is bothering him. But now Brejan has a son, six years old, and he's chunky. And I heard Brejan calling him fat a couple of times. And I said, oh, no, son, remember when that bothered you, that made you feel some way about yourself? Don't do that to him. And he stopped doing it. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, he stop did stop. Doing it. But yeah, we do. We um, you know, nobody's perfect. We're all gonna make mistakes. But we are every see, and the way I put it, everybody's perfect. They're perfectly who they are and their uniqueness. But they can change. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. But everybody is the this is it depends on what you believe. And like I said, I believe in God. However, people perceive it, however you call it. So people don't get offended. If you believe in Buddha or Muhammad, I think we're talking about the same right. concept, a deity. Right. And I believe we're all created with a unique, unique purpose. I'm not supposed to be like you. And I believe we there's an all-knowing supreme being that just knows everything. That know what I'm going to say before I say it, what I'm going to do, knows the path that you're going to go. So, no, we're not perfect, but we're the perfect representation of ourselves. Because can't nobody do Imogene better than Imogene can? Than you. And can't nobody do you? No, because <laughs> I, than me. I don't know what you're thinking. You're right. I don't know. So that's when I say you're the right. perp. And it just gets me. And, and I'm just going on. Like, we, we just came out of Black History Month. Let's talk about that. And we celebrate Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Maya Angelou and all of these great people. And they did. They did great things. They had a sense of themselves. But I want to know, why, how come we ain't celebrating you? Right. You know, or why are we celebrating everybody? Right. Because all of us around, you don't have to do, you know. Something great. Yeah, you Something think, big. yeah, everybody got to right. know you. Right. And, and I would like to see us celebrate each other, each other a little right. bit. More than we do, because right. everybody's doing something good. Right. Listen, if you're surviving with everything that's going on, and you listening to this right now, 
you need to pat yourself on the back and right. say, look, I'm all of that. Right. I'm Light up that. that S. That's right. <laughs> S on the chest. You know? For real. But no, it just... it's been, we, we've been through a lot, but we were also afforded a lot of time to sit with ourselves and figure things out. You know, two years ago, we could have said, oh, I work too much. I do this too much. I do that too much. The world shut down. And if you didn't take the opportunity to really sit down and think about who you are, what you're all about, you wasted that time, in my opinion. I get your perspective. I can see that perspective. And yet I say... Those two years, whether people knew they were proactively inquiring about who they are, just the information that they got, oh, I don't like doing nothing. I got to be working. Or I got cabin fever. Everything that became like an epiphany while they were home, if they reflect on that and put those pieces together, yeah, they'll get some insight. And granted, like you said, if... Like, we live in a world, in my opinion, where the blind is leading the blind, mm-hmm. and everybody just blind. For, for that few, there is, I think there is a minority of the minority that's really enlightened and aware. But for those that are so busy following everybody, oh, I got to follow this business model, I have to do this, and I have to do this. If you don't know, you don't know. And right. even for the ones that were home, everybody's in a different spot developmentally, right. and I understand that. So... Some people were at home, they needed it, and they worked a lot, they needed the rest. Some people enjoyed it for a while. You know, some people may enjoyed it, so it took them six months to get sick of it. Some people immediately, they went into fear, panic, like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And that gives you information. I get it. If you had a job and you lost your job, naturally, you're going to be like, I have to survive. So I get it. But that's information. That's information, and I'm thinking anytime we have to panic because we lose our job, that's an area where we need to do some searching because we're all valuable individuals, right. and that's what I'm saying. When you know who you are right. and you know who, especially for those people walking around here saying they believe in God, and it is a journey, but if you believe in God, you got to know that God is your source and not your job. Right. So, And I saw that, and I'm not knocking nobody because we all have different circumstances, And I had to get a reality check because we all had different kind of problems. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not trying to forget where I came from. I'm probably not too far there, but I'm I'm very humbled and, and I know my journey. So, so I get it, but I just think with all the uncertainty in the world, I'll say it again, it would behoove us to know us, to know what we're worth and what we can do. Because when you really know and you value yourself, yeah, when situations come, you'll feel the pressure. You may get a little bit of anxiety, no matter how much faith you got in God. Because right. we're we're having this human experience. But when you know that you're worth, listen, you'll sit down and you'll be like, listen, I can, I can do this. You know your yeah, you and that, your yeah, that's yeah. what it's about. But I think I think we all went through, and I gotta kick my shoes off. I don't do. I hope your now. feet don't stink, girl. You know what? Oh, those are cute. Yeah. My socks are cuter than yours. <laughs> they are, girl. My legs is ashy. Look, they almost white. Yo, yo, um, Joe would say you look like you was kicking flour, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think still, even in this pandemic, 
were we were afforded a lot of time if we wanted to to spend time with ourselves and to really figure out who we were. We didn't have to worry about bills. The government was giving out money like they was giving out that cheese. Who didn't have to worry about bills? Nah, I don't think too many people had to. I think I was still paying bills. Right. We were paying bills, but we didn't have to worry about how they were getting paid. Because what I'm saying is the government was giving out so much money. And so I think some people were doing better in the pandemic than they are now that we're coming out of the pandemic. But I just think that, you know, I went through that phase of, oh my God, I don't want to look at the TV. I got to turn the TV off. I was living in fear. And the funny thing was, is that I had already been working from home and rarely going out. And I wasn't going out at all, but I was still waking up fearful. Like that thing can seep through the walls and take me out at any given moment. And it took for me to get to the point where I was just so worked up and worked out from the thoughts of COVID Mm. until I had to say, you know what? What am I being so fearful of when I believe in God? That's the question. And so you use common sense and you wear your mask. No, common sense is not common. True, but common sense for me was to wear my mask, to wash my hands, to keep my distance, and slowly talking myself through all of that allowed me to just live through COVID. Thank God I made it, but to live through COVID. Some, it, back to when you know who you are, you know what to do. And that's, and that's the goal. That's supposedly the fourth level and the highest level of identity development is when you achieve your identity. And that doesn't mean you don't evolve because your values may change, your perspectives may change. But as far as identity achievement, knowing that you have the power of choice, knowing that you're not this. As Bishop Jake says, you're not your hips, lips, and fingertips. That's not who you are. Well, then a lot of people ain't nothing. (laughs) For real, a lot of people ain't nothing. Because if they ain't got the hips, the lips, and the booty, now the booty is big. If they ain't got that, they are nothing. I don't think the booty is special anymore. I think it was special when African-Americans had it. I'm just keeping it real. And you notice I said African-Americans. I didn't say niggas. But anyway, (laughs) but it's, you know, I get it's not really special because it used to be a cultural thing. And now I'm finding Caucasians and Asians. Their butts are bigger than ours. And like Paul Mooney said, they used to call us your big bangy butt and all of that. Right. They used to say black women have big butt and this and that. And now we're finding our black women with their big butts being murdered or found dead from dating these white men. And so, you know, y'all know I had to throw a little bit of that in there. (laughs) But going back to what you said, no, you're not your hips, your lips, your fingertips. And finding out and getting in touch with who you are is a matter of spending time checking yourself. What is it that you like? What don't you like? What can you do well? What's your strengths and weaknesses? You know, that's the way they put it in the career world, as far as assessing yourself, taking inventory, I like to say it from a spiritual perspective, because the world ain't going to give it to you like the wise is going to give it to you, you know? So when you know the who you are, the essence of your being, and knowing that if you're created in the image of a deity that you believe in, look at the universe, 
something perfect can't make anything imperfect. So no matter where you are, what stage you are in your life, take the time, man. Take the time to see what's up with you. Write journal. You know, people say journal it. Talk to yourself out loud. Hell, we all talking to ourselves these last two. If we wasn't, we doing it now, right? Look, I'm answering myself at this point. Yeah, girl. I've been doing that. Remember when they used to say, and I used to say, well, I talk to myself. They said, do you answer yourself? Just don't answer yourself because you're crazy. No, right about now, we got to ask ourselves the questions and we got to provide the answers. Y'all hear that? You need to start asking yourself the questions and providing yourself the answers because other people are not going to give us the solution. And the fact that we've been lied to all our lives. We've been bamboozled. You can't trust what nobody tell you nowadays anyway. And you'll know, but if you're in touch with yourself, that's what I'm saying. If you're in touch with yourself, you'll even know you got facts and truth. I'm about that truth. And if you're in touch with yourself... You, your spirit will bear witness yeah. when you're hearing truth. So when your little girlfriend come up trying to be slick, acting like she's your friend, all the time she's hating on you, she want to be you, trying to be manipulate you to get your money or to get you to do this because she don't think she's capable enough of doing it herself or either she lazy or whatever the case may be. My point being, when you have people that come after you, I believe this, to try to manipulate you or they're insecure or they admire you for whatever reason, they're admiring you so much a lot of times because they're so insecure. And that's where the jealousy comes up. Like, I can have a healthy admiration for you. You're a nice woman. You have a nice heart. You have a nice family. We can talk. You can share what you're doing. I can celebrate you. I'm not threatened. What you have that I don't have, I'm like, hey, Cynthia, can you hook me up? We can do that. And yet you have those people that you may be gifted in an area, they're gifted in another area, but they're looking in the natural and may see you have material things that they don't, and they're making assumptions and they're trying to get what you got. It just goes on and on and on, you know, but everybody has worth. And if everybody was in touch with themselves, you ain't got to do that. You don't got to manipulate. You don't have to settle for less than what you deserve whether it's my age, oh, I'm too old, so I got to take what I can get. Wow, that right. says a lot. Yeah. No, you would appreciate your uniqueness Absolutely. if you were in touch with yourself. You would definitely appreciate the fact that I'm not like you. Girl, because I'm a mess. You don't want to be like me. No, I ain't too far behind you, but whatever. But, good. but it's been real. We're going to get out of here for now. It's been great. And we've been talking about identity. That's my lane. And I think it's a good area for reflection, getting in touch with yourself, knowing who you are. When you know you who, you know what you're supposed to do. And when you're in the pocket doing what it is that you want to do, you're going to have a high quality of life. You're going to have peace. You're going to have purpose. I don't care what anybody says. I believe that God gives you the desires of your heart. Anything that you have a passion for, it's innate. I don't think you can develop it. Yeah, you can say, I want to play the flute, but I believe that thing you have passion for, you came on this earth with, and that's the place to be. And if you're not doing that thing you love or you're operating in that realm, you're not really being who you are. So that begs the question, why not? Why not? You're all of that and so much more. No matter where you are, I'm asking you, please take the time. 
check in with yourself. If you know someone, don't be trying to be like the rest of these people. That's shallow living. They're about as miserable, looking good, probably in debt, trying to keep up with the Jones smelling. They got the Birkin bags and all of this stuff. Credit cards maxed out. They're paying 35, 99% interest. All of this they're stuff. Vacations on Afterpay. <laughs> Are you serious? But my suggestion. But we got to wrap up. Right. My suggestion in wrapping up. Okay, there we go. If you found yourself, teach somebody else the steps that you took to get there. The old saying, each one teach one. I love that because that's going to lead into our next segment, y'all. It's been real. And I'm glad that you guys tuned in with us today. We'll be back. And uh, do you. And just come on out of yourself and be you. Blessings of peace and love, y'all. Thank <laughs> you.